Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. Boy, it is real as real can be on this week's edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Let me bring in the rest of the team, and then we'll get right down to the nitty-gritty. He is the master of the soundboard, the driver's seat extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how are you this week, sir? Doing pretty well. Sounds like you've been quite busy, too. A little bit. And lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-America 2002 semifinalist. For the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003, spent his NFL career with Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree when he gets that team ring back in his possession. I promise, folks, he will wear it proudly. Boom. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, a black card member of DBU, number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Let's get to the drama, man. Rod, as a, as a – as a lifetime Longhorn, you've had your share of teammates who had second thoughts and thought about transferring and did and didn't. Yeah. And homesick is a real thing. Yes, it is. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm just telling you from experience. It is a real thing. A lot of the time, it has something to do with a girl, uh, but I'm not saying this one does. But I'm just saying some. A lot of the time, homesick is code. Mm. When air quotes here for you, sick for something else. But this right? was all sick. This mm. was already. In January, and obviously this week's show is going to be pretty much entirely about Brew McCoy in this situation. In January, when he enrolled at USC, went into the portal, and ended up at Texas, it was already the weirdest thing ever. That was a strange <laughs> thing. It was something we had, yeah, we had never seen because the portal was brand new. So right. we, had, we had never seen that in the portal days. So and, yeah, portal late era. late Sunday night, it breaks that he is strongly considering transferring. Back to USC. I thought it was fake news. I I, I saw. I knew what I yeah. saw. I saw. And I was it like, clicked. I was like, that's fake news. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not I'm even. I'm not dealing with that. I mean, it's, until I get it from one of the people I trust, Jeff Howe being one of them. I got people on my timeline that I really, really trust. Like, to like, to I see it from them. Mm-hmm. That I saw it percolating. But I was like, I'm not gonna give it any. You know. I'm not going to give it any more uh, investigation until I hear it from one of well, you guys. And for the Texas side, it's a holiday weekend, so your sources are all over the place. All over the place. I was in it's Louisiana. A, it's 11 <laughs> o'clock Sunday night. Like, it's, it's, it's tough to track down. So, finally, early Monday morning, I get word from the Texas side, and the direct quote to me was, as hard as it is to believe, yeah, you could probably lose Brew McCoy. So here's where we're at as we sit here right now as we record this podcast. Brew McCoy is not yet in the transfer portal. We know that. There you go. Not yet in the portal. That's good news. If you're Texas, that's, that's all news. you can hang your hat on. Exactly. If you, don't yeah. have, yeah. if you don't have hope, what else do you have? He's right? not in the portal yet. Not in yes, the that would be but the precedent. there's a Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams-sized butt coming here, ain't it? We, we do know that he was not at summer workouts, the start of summer workouts on Tuesday. That's a big butt. 
Don't expect him to be there. Well, we know he's not there Wednesday. That's a big Probably point. don't expect him to be there Thursday. And I would guess if he's not there Thursday, he's not there Friday. Mm, that's not good. What we do know in terms of his communication with Texas, I've been told our folks at Horns 24-7, my team over there, the lines of communication between Brew McCoy's family and Texas have been open. So there's been phone conversation. Parents. The conversation has been good. Stuff like that's good. Wednesday is the day, as we record this, is the day when I think all this stuff is going to come to a head. I think whether he goes on the portal on Thursday or Friday or the weekend or whenever, Texas will know where they stand coming out of this meeting, which we've been hearing about this meeting for a couple of days, and now we have confirmed all the parties involved. Uh Uh-oh, the meeting. So in California for this meeting, this really reminds me, like as a Mavericks fan, this really reminds me like the DeAndre Jordan (laughs) thing. Lock him in. That's really what this reminds me of. Oh, yeah. It's like somebody's getting locked in a room with a door with a chair propped to keep the man, and hopefully it doesn't end the way that that one ended because that all just blew oh. up in their face and it was like a gift and then a curse. But well, then you no, you Luka. hope it does end up that way because DeAndre Jordan ended up going back to LA, so well, you want him and then to you stay. Got Luka. We want him you to stay. So well, yeah, so, whatever. I don't know. I, know. What, I don't know what you <laughs> want. Up, but, I know, right? That's confusing. Right. It is confusing. No, it's very, that's why that's this why Brew McCoy thing yeah. so great. Tough to find an analogy for it, Rod. Tough to find I an agree. analogy. Well, for trying it. to just admit, uh, cut, like talk about this Brew McCoy situation to anybody that isn't deep into recruiting is insane because they were like, wait, he's a going to be a freshman so technically he hasn't even showed up for the beginning of his freshman year yet is already he transferring it yeah, he already <laughs> went to usc he already <laughs> transferred to texas he had an, an early enrollee semester and now is already headed back out so at this meeting it'll be brew mccoy his family from his side from the texas side it'll be tom herman drew Maringer, sam ellinger and Kevin Washington, the director of player personnel. I love that Sam's like, hey, I'll fly with you. I'll roll with you. Well, here's the deal. Sam has been in California at the Steve Clarkson camp, quarterback camp, retreat. Right? Yeah. So I don't know if he's still there and is just like cop skipping I'll over. Just, I'll just stay, no, trust, or if yeah. he's became back and is flying back. I don't know yes, the logistics of it. Yeah. So that's what it is. Rod, one way or another, Texas leaves this meeting. You've got to think knowing either he's coming back or you lost him. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me sh- make sure I got all the parties involved. It's Brew McCoy and his family. Um, Drew Maringer. I feel bad for Drew Maringer because <laughs> I mean it seems like that his name is being thrown out there a lot. And, you know, what I mean, as you know, someone who actually was responsible for the recruitment of Brew McCoy. <laughs> and yeah, now he's you know I think you know now he's being uh, it's kind of a negative way that pe- people are mentioning his name. Well, so the, I, I feel bad because I don't think it, it. I don't think it has anything to do with nothing him. Nothing to do with no. Drew Maringer. I can exactly. tell you that. If much, anything, yeah. him pulling him away from USC was a coup d'etat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that I mean, you can't force will, a kid to do anything. Yeah, and I think, I, I, I want to throw that out there. I think he's being, He's know, only done a good un- job to get you to this point. Yeah, exactly, to be in the conversation yeah. with him. So I I'll think throw that out there. that relationship too, Rod, is the biggest tie and why Brew McCoy hasn't shut off communication with Texas okay, yeah. and so why he hasn't really gone and jumped in the portal anyway. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. So he's the reason that you actually have a chance in all this. I, uh, without so question. So you're telling me there's okay. a chance. So I'm telling you there's a chance. Then Tom Herman, of course, Sam Millinger, who may stay stayed out there, maybe coming back, whatever. And you say Kevin, Kevin Washington. Washington. Kevin Washington. Who's okay. the director of player personnel. Um, man, can they bring more people? Or I'm sorry, Kev, director <laughs> player development. Brian, I'm sorry. Brian, yeah, I was, is it Brian? Derek Chang is player personnel. Derek, Derek Chang, yeah. Brian Carrington Brian is director of recruiting. Yeah, Bob Shipley's high school relations. We need a Shipley. No, you need a ship in there. Okay, so here's my thing. Can we bring more people to the meeting? 
Can I bring? Is it possible to bring well, I mean, more people this is to the in meeting? Mama's house. You don't know if you can we just get be Matthew bringing... McConaughey to the meeting. You know what I mean? That can would we, be big. Can we bring? <laughs> He's the minister of culture. He's got an actual title. Is it possible that we can text Matthew and say, Matthew, we know you got something going on. Can you fly out of Cali real quick? We know you might be out there anyway with business. Hey, can you show up at this meeting real quick? You know he would show up. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to suggest Matthew McConaughey is one of the people you throw out there. <laughs> right now. Get on Right the plane. now. All right. And um, so who else would Brew McCoy He'll maybe get Ricky on the plane. Ricky's Ricky a California guy. Yes. Yeah, thank Cali you, Ricky. Kids. Ricky on the Ricky's plane. Ricky's a and he's Kelly. in Kelly right now. Come on. Let's do that. I'm just saying, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to bring the entourage there for Brew McCoy. Because, yeah, I mean, I know we may not, you know, he may decide that he wants to stay at USC, but he's a five-star. And, hell, man, he obviously um, is very indecisive. You can, yeah, I mean, somebody he call, might be able to flip him right back is my point. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> calls. He, he might be able to decide, you know what, I never, ever, that was all fake news. I never entered the portal, so it was never anything to it. Somebody call Ricky Brands and see if you can get Bevo out there. How long that would get take? Get Bevo. Thank you. Let's get Bevo. <laughs> Flying Bevo out Fly there. Bevo. Wherever the meeting's at, make it a place where Bevo can attend. And walk Bevo in there and be like, listen, Bevo wanted to be here too, brother. Yeah. And then, you know what? Go find Beyonce and pay her some money and bring Beyonce there. Say, Beyonce is randomly also a Texas fan. She likes Texas over USC. In the David Ash jersey. She's she wearing a yeah. David Ash jersey. In a Brew McCoy jersey. They need to in go in. Yes, it's in that David Ash jersey. Just buy an old bikini. Col- who has a Colt McCoy jersey? Change the number and then just put yes, it Yes, exactly. I agree. But bikini, boom. She walks in there, walks out. There you go. Can we do that? To so, get Brew McCoy. Uh, it's complaint. a great idea, Rogers. This yeah. this reminds me. To, for some Brew reason, McCoy hobbies. For, <laughs> to find that one. for some He's reason, a big wrestling fan. Undertaker. Stone Cold. Mark Henry. Get Mark know. Henry out there. We don't, yeah, we don't know. Just that saying. would be cool. Um, <laughs> this doesn't seem as weird. This is going to say sound what I'm about to say. This doesn't seem as wheels off as when it was Greg Finvis, Mike Perrin, Charlie Strong, and Jeff Trailer going to Tulsa to hire Sterling Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Like that seemed more wheels off than this does. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, because that was a screw-up. Oh, true. Somebody messed up. That wasn't supposed to be drama. <laughs> this is a young 18-year-old. I don't know how old he is, actually, so I take it. But a, a young man who's under 20. He's a teenager. Who's He's a freaking teenager, period. That's why nobody's mad at him. Everybody's yeah. like, yeah, this is weird. But nobody, I think Longhorn fans are mad or frustrated. They know the Longhorns. Memorial Day weekend of my senior year of high school, I wasn't like this consumed into my future. Yeah, wide receiver room is deep. They got wide outs there. I think Longhorn fans are just confused. They're like, this is weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the whole thing. But nobody's mad at the young man either. If you are, you're an a-hole. I, <laughs> He's I, a teenager, dude. Well, you you, <laughs> yes. you should have you seen the looks those gentlemen gave me when they got off that airplane at the Georgetown Airport after coming back from Tulsa. Because I was there. I was there because I need to get a quote. Oh, from, I need to get a quote from somebody. Oh my god! And, and Mike Perrin, bless his heart and his infinite wisdom, just was like, you know, you know the deal. Like, no comment. Whatever. <laughs> I had to. We had to come save the day. Yeah. Yeah, that was a save yeah, Char- the day. Charlie mission. was Charlie was thrilled to see me at that airport. <laughs> a friendly face. A friendly face. That's funny. You were you were a friendly face to him. At no, that time. I said that. I said that sarcasm. Charlie was not happy to see no. me at that airport at all. Well, my thing was that was a save the day mission. Right. That was a save. This is not a save the day mission. This is um. I don't know what, how to describe it because you're right. We have there's no example. And, and that's the deal, Rod. And all this and people are like, well, what's going on? What's happening? Look, like I said, it was already the weirdest thing ever when he did what he did in January. This is just it is such a unique situation that even reporting on it, it's like okay. 
that's why it took us a while to really figure out, okay, what are we going to put out about this initially? What are we going to say about it as yeah. a staff? Because they're not facts yet, but... here's yeah. and, and really it boiled down to, here's what we know to be true. Exactly. Right? We know he's in California. We know there's been contact with people close to him and people at USC that this has been apparently bubbling to the surface for a couple weeks, whatever. And we know, and this was... Sunday into Monday, and we knew that Texas knew that number one, the rumors are true, and B, that they were they understood there was a real possibility they could lose Bruce McCoy on Monday. Yeah, okay. And I think right a lot of it for the Texas staff, and I don't know that they were necessarily blindsided by it, and in the way you would think you're blindsided by something, but I think hearing the news, <clears throat> I think for them it's a lot of looking at things with the benefit of hindsight and piecing some things together oh, yeah. and figuring out, okay, yeah. Now that seems, see, now that seems Now this weird. that I didn't give a thought to, that makes sense now. Exactly. It's like breaking up. You go back and look at it and you go, oh, actually, yeah, that makes sense that they were acting weird at that time. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I thought she was just having a bad day or something. No, it was a lot bigger than right. I thought because now looking back in retrospect, she was thinking of, she was, already thinking about checking out. She was thinking about the exit strategy. So for, when, I'm, when you're not on the ed- exit strategy, you look at the world different than someone mm-hmm. who's thinking about bailing on a relationship. Right. If you're thinking about bailing on a relationship, everything to you is uh, a reason to get out and it's a reason to leave. And not saying that this is Brew McCoy, uh, but just giving the, you know, the example. And when you're in on something, you're committed to it, you see some things that's like, oh, no, no, that's, that's a minor inconvenience. It's not even a big deal. No, 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 we're moving on. You know what I mean? They're, we're not focused on that. And I think now the coaching staff may be looking at it and saying, yeah, actually, you know, having that conversation, them all together saying, you know what he did? That was this one time where, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, actually, I remember this, this situation where I was talking to him right. and he brought this up, but I assumed that it was this. You know what I mean? And the I, biggest thing in that is, is, this, is the, way, the eligibility waiver. That is the biggest piece in all this that I think yeah. Texas has finally realized. That, okay, that probably makes sense. Yeah. And we were under the impression, uh, you know, Chip Brown on our site, Chip's kind of been at the forefront of, of reporting on the eligibility waiver. Um, Chip was under the impression that it had been filed because Rod People at Texas were under the impression that it had been filed. But and then the, the last report was that it had. And then been the report comes. The report comes out that it hasn't. And I think it was uh, Anwar Richardson might have been the first yeah. to say it hasn't. And then we find out that there's people at Texas that were like, well, we thought it had, but yeah, apparently it hasn't. And the the deal on that was, from what we were told, is, and again, we're talking about the eligibility waiver, the waiver Justin Hardship Fields got, waiver. the waiver Justin Fields got, the waiver Tate Martell got that's going to allow them to be immediately eligible after transferring. Brew McCoy was supposed to, expected to file one of those waivers because technically he was a transfer. He enrolled at USC, mm-hmm. had to go into the portal, transfer to Texas, so he needed to file that eligibility waiver. And typically, that's about a six-week return. Rod, as of Friday, before Memorial Day, that waiver still had yet to be filed. And we were told kind of the hang-up was, and and other people need to understand, this is a very important component of it. From, from Tom Herman's point of view, the waiver's out of their hands. That's between Brew McCoy and the and compliance, compliance department, department yeah. to get that filed. Yeah, and my understanding is there's interjection between. My understanding yeah. is from what we were told was Texas was ready to file the waiver. Brew McCoy's family said, hang Hold on, off on that. let's make sure that we've got as airtight of a case as possible before this thing gets sent That's off. That's what I assumed. And yeah, the latest sense. from 
what Chip reported, I believe this was Tuesday, that all it was waiting for to get sent off was Brew McCoy's signature. That signature never came. So you've got that. Now I think with the benefit of hindsight, I think everybody looks at that and say, okay, now maybe everybody should have raised That's more of a situation. red flag yeah. to say, okay, what's taking this waiver process so long? Yeah. Well, and I nobody mean, sat down with Brew and went, hey, Brew, hey, man. Well, why you haven't signed away? And that's the goal because they didn't know. They, right? they didn't know. They assume, stay on his good side and, too. and I don't even know if that's legal, by the way, because I don't mm-hmm. know the the rules now with the portal and can the coach talk to you about the portal and all that. Like I don't even know and it, well, Tom, uh, and, well, Tom and the immediate can. eligibility and waiver and all that. Like well, I don't know what the rules are. Like are there I, rules? I like, can can he go say, hey man, have you filed that? Like can he walk down to the compliance department with him and say, hey man, let's, let's sign this waiver? Like can that happen? I would assume so. Like yeah. I don't. I'm just saying I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know. I'm not 100. Sure, either, right? Yeah, that's my thing. I I don't know. My point is, why weren't they more? You know, I mean, why why weren't why weren't they a little bit more first first hand with it? Why didn't they go above and beyond to ask him why it hadn't been? Like first time you learn that he hasn't signed it, why don't you go? Oh, uh, call Brew up here right now. Let's talk to Brew. Let's talk to Brew right now and find out why he hasn't signed it and why the waiver has not gone through. Let's talk to him and ask him what's going on. Well, and from you know what, what I mean? And I don't well, know if that happened. I think now in hindsight they're going, yeah, probably should have done that. Well, Somebody but, probably should have said, let's walk down there and go do it. But there, go we're it. still though, waiting on Brew to be eligible even to play at Texas. So what I think he was saying was that Brew situation, they hadn't signed it because they were just trying to make sure they still have everything in their case to the NCAA for him to be eligible here would be the reason why he maybe hadn't signed it yet. I know, but, but I'm just saying once they found out that it was just a signature they mm-hmm. needed. And it, right. they, they but then he ties the language, the legal language and everything was set and they knew exactly what the reason was that they were applying for the immediate eligibility waiver why then did somebody on the staff go to go to him and go hey man is there a reason that you haven't signed it is it anything you want to talk about well, like, is there I something think that's going on because he's un- been uncertain this whole time I mean I would like if, to understand the timeline is important here here's two things here's two things and to I consider. think uncertainty is the main thing in it though like when you talk about overall just him his decision to transfer out of nowhere to Texas just because of the Kingsbury City situation and all of that was such a quick window texas obviously capitalized on it when they could to get him here but he also knew he's not even eligible here and if you are an underclassman you're a big time recruit and you are going to maybe have to sit out a year who knows if he was going to be able to play here at texas people thought he probably would but we didn't know that yet and then now you're uncertain you're homesick and you're like well man i have this case i still have to fight for my case i could even transfer back to usc if i want to go back to usc I think it, the biggest story is the uncertainty inside Brew, his head the entire that, time. That's which something is you like, can't account for as a staff. I yes, can't account for yes, that. I'm agree. saying what you can account for as a staff is yeah, oh, yeah, keeping yeah, yeah. up But I don't think these, they wanted to anger him and force him into doing something. I understand something that, yet. but yeah. that's, that's beside the point. Now when you're at, after a breakup, you have closure. Then you look back and say, okay, where did I screw up? But we haven't Where was I yet. in it? That's the odd thing about I this. I know, but you still have to. We're, we're having that conversation yeah. now because we're just, we are, theor- we're theoretically having this thought experiment. Mm-hmm. All right? So my point is, if you're Texas, you got to look back and say, there's somewhere where we screw 
screwed up. Oh, yeah. He probably. chose us. And if he leaves, where do we screw up? What happened? What could we have done to give ourselves a better chance to keep the five-star yeah. wide receiver? Where do we mess up? Is it when he didn't sign the waiver and we learned is our communication as a coaching staff? Do we need to make sure that that is better? All right, right. because that was not relayed down the line. Do we need to make sure that we're talking more to our players who are in that transition period, who have shown that they're indecisive, who are coming from out of state, who yep. may be dealing with homesickness? Do we have to change that and change that protocol mm-hmm. to make them feel more at home? My point is there are things that can be done. I'm not getting on anybody. It's not anybody's right, fault. Right. My point is, though, there's always a way for you to improve. And after every breakup, and I've had a ton of them in my life, yeah. right? I got to go back, even though she's did me dirty, I got to go back and say, Robbie, if she cheated on you, why did she do it? Why did she cheat on you? Why did she feel like she needs to go out there and do even though she did me dirty? What what did, what was my part in it? Did I not show her enough love? Did I not spend enough time with her? What did I do? You know what I mean? Was the sex not good enough? I gotta go back and reevaluate. All right. Always the sex is always good enough, by the way. It's never been an issue. Because yep. um, this is the <laughs> case where you haven't broke up is, yet. I know you haven't, but I'm saying we are having the the conversation like they have, because by okay. the time we we have the next uh, you know, podcast, it's gonna already be settled. And right now the momentum is it looks like, you know, he's on his way out. At least yeah, he's in Cali. This is assuming he, he is back. broken up and we yeah. are getting him. But I even, even without that, you know what I mean, and if he's waffling, as a coaching staff, there are still things that you – even if you almost broke up and you were arguing you had to go to couples therapy. That's still where they're at right now. Figure out, oh, this even is though the you big... stayed together, all right, babe, how can we make sure we avoid that kind of thing again? And next time – and you know what I mean? Like you got to learn from it. This is a this learning is the process. Text right now is that we need yeah. to talk. This is the talk yeah. they're having right now. So where, where – my point was where did, where did it fall off? Like what happened? You know yeah. what I mean? What the fail safe not kick there, There's two things at play, Rod, and I'll piggyback off what you just said for the first one. I think Texas is still in the process of piecing that together. I think right now, from everything I understand, it's, okay, what can we do right now? It's almost like let's just get him back in the fold right now, do Agreed. what we can, and then Agreed. repair it. So I think Texas is still trying to piece together the why and the how. I think they're more worried about the what which is Brew is probably leaving. How do we get him back in the fold? I think that's priority number one. Should be. And they're piecing it together. Here's the second thing as far as the waiver specifically goes. And this kind of goes back to something we mentioned earlier. Like, can Tom Herman talk to him about it? Can he walk down there? You know as well as I do, having been you know in on the IMG broadcasting side of it and on the mm-hmm. player side, when you talk about the athletic department, specifically the football office and that Moncrief complex and the compliance office, you're really dealing with two totally different worlds. So I know that, yeah. And two worlds that, especially at Texas, as we've seen over the years, don't often see eye to eye. Like compliance is there to police you. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily your friend. Agreed. So that's robbed to me where it gets muddied. And me as a media member, I need to do more work on it. Is compliance more concerned with, no, 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 this isn't a Tom Herman issue. This isn't a program issue. This is a Brew McCoy player, player rights issue, yeah. and we're going to look after Brew. It doesn't really matter. You can deal with this on your exactly. own, but yeah, we're going to look after student. Brew. This yeah, is that's what I want to know if that is the rule. If it is, then I understand why they want more hands-on. If it's not, then you need to be more hands-on. Right. So <laughs> I don't, That's basically what it comes down to. So I don't know what, <laughs> yeah. what they can do, and I think we'll, yeah. as, as this, whatever happens as this thing unfolds, I think we'll figure out, well, okay, what can you do? And at the very least, this will help Tom Herman if these things yeah, you know, you got a lot of out-of-state recruiting. Homesickness, if this is a thing, you need to diagnose it 
and you need to be able to rectify it and treat it. Now, here's you know what I mean? When you, you're bringing in, hell, with this class, you brought in, what, a, qu- a quarter of a third of your guys are out yeah. of state guys? Uh, here's, oh, yeah. Homesickness may happen again. Especially for early enrollees who are <laughs> exactly. away from their senior year. Here's the other thing, too. And this is the other thing we don't know. Was the coaching staff being told one thing, whether it was by Bruma or his family? And again, as you said, Rod, we're not accusing anybody of anything. We're not throwing anybody in the bus. Yeah, we, we're, we're just trying to piece this together. It's speculation and we're spitballing. Was Texas being told one thing when really the opposite was happening? Like, oh, yeah, working on the waiver, we got it, great, when really everything was stalled out. Yeah. And was it a situation where maybe Tom Herman and the coaches just kind of took everybody's word for it and were like, cool, you guys just let us know when things are – Things yeah. are good, and we'll we'll go from there. No, I agree. That's a good point. So it, it, that's why you know people. I understand people want firm answers on the why and the how, but that's what makes this so tough. Is there's a lot of those details that we're not gonna know until after this situation is yeah. over, if we ever really know the nitty gritty details on what happened. And really, as we've reported on this and we've dug on this really, and, and Rod, I want you to comment on this from a player standpoint. Matt and I were talking about this before you got here. A lot of this stuff apparently started kind of bubbling up after spring practice was over. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of young guys, that homesickness aspect, I think a lot of it tends to happen for some guys when those breaks when you don't have football, when football isn't the focus mm-hmm. like it is during spring practice. And football or, rolls everything. Or in the fall. When it's football season, if yeah, you were, if you were, like, if you're a guy who you know you're getting redshirted, so and, and all of a sudden you're not playing on the weekend, you don't got football. Well, yeah, not to the extent you used right. to. Right, yeah, I mean, or during football, you have well, every hold on, 15 minutes hold on. playing, and you're a guy. Let's say, and it's this is why I think the four game thing is great because now you can keep dangling that carrot. Rod, it used to be up until last year, if you were redshirted, you know, hey, team's going on the road. I'm not on the travel squad. I've got to stay here and work out, and I'm kind of on my own mm-hmm. until. Everybody gets back. Yeah. And I know I know Mac Brown has said this about some guys that he's recruited over the years. And you kind of look at the roster and you say, Man, why why did you redshirt that? Why why did you not redshirt that guy? You know, you really didn't need mm-hmm. to play him. And Rod, I know you as a player have heard about these conversations oh, happening. Right. From, about the, the NFL. from the broadcasting and I know you've heard about it happening. Some coaches say, Look, that guy needs football to function. Yeah. If he doesn't have football, then we ain't going to have him here very long because yeah, he's, he's in jail or idle, dead. Yeah, or idle time is not a good thing for him. So yeah. even if necessarily he doesn't fit into our plans right now, we need to take him with us. on it. He needs to be on the travel squad. Mm-hmm. He needs to be on our on our active list on Saturday. We need to keep dangling that carrot out in front of him that, yes, this might be the week we use you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's what happened with Brew McCoy, but I just think that's the part that sticks out to me that, okay, who's to say that he doesn't get back to Austin, goes to the summer, and then he gets back to – preseason practice in August, and everything's fine again. Yeah. No, I totally agree because, well, in California, let's say football is his life like it is for most of these guys, like it was for me. In California, he's got football, he's got family, and he's got friends. So for the brief time that he doesn't have, and he's got fame, by the way, too. Mm-hmm. He's got those four the four Fs. And, and, and when football is football's not going on, I'm sure he plays other sports, but um, he's got family and he's got friends and his life feels is fulfilled, like it's well-rounded and balanced. And he comes to Texas, and like you said, for the, even a brief period of time, this is where homesickness comes in. Um, he, when football's not there, just for that little brief period of time, you know, what's the friendship circle? What's you know, doesn't have family, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Really doesn't have the fame that because as a freshman, nobody really gives a damn and about familiarity you. Familiarity, yeah, like anything, familiarity, yeah. all those f's that we're talking about. So uh, he loses all of those, and 
you know, I think that maybe he thinks now like there's a hole, like there's a void, and his his life is not as balanced and well rounded. And I told, and that is something that also you, you know you got to address if you're a coach. Like, all right, I'm gonna make sure my guys feel. You know, maybe I need to talk to the guys on the team. Like, hey man, y'all need, y'all y'all realize we are family. It's a brotherhood. I'm not saying it's their fault either. It's nobody's fault. But just saying like how you can address that because I totally agree with you. When guys lose that football. Um, then the other part, that's why being a student athlete, well-rounded is important, right? Uh, having school, um, having the social circle, mm-hmm. having the friends, all that, all the, having the family, all, it's all important. The faith, if, you know, if Christian, you know, if you're, if you're driven by your, your faith in Christianity or whatever, uh, your faith is having all those things is important because I remember when I got hurt, um, I think I had a high ankle sprain, so I missed the spring. Dude, I was so depressed, mm-hmm. so depressed, like crying in dark rooms, depressed. Because I think it happened my, uh, oh, it was after my freshman year. It was like the, the spring after my freshman year. And I still hadn't really developed a total social circle. And I was away from home and I didn't have football. And dude, I, was, I was depressed about that. And I remember getting to a dark place. And I think that was probably the most homesick I was. Beginning to just point, I, football was taken away from me for a while. And once I had football again, then everything else had balance in my life. And you could argue uh, you know, that's an issue. You should have more balance than that. But I think that's what happened to him briefly yeah. in his time here. But if he, by his second year, like, you're right, Jeff. Hell, he have a new girlfriend here in Austin. He'd have a new social circle, new friends. It, it wouldn't even be a big deal. Yeah, you know what I mean? But now in, that is a big deal for a young man who's exactly. 18 or 19. And that age and add in that you're a senior in Austin at this time and you're looking. I mean, social media doesn't help because all your friends, you're seeing what they're doing back home and they're celebrating and it's graduation or whatever. It's just yeah. an added a human element in the idea that like he w- Texas did a great job of capitalizing on the situation when it was there in January. But it was only because you were the first one sort of to get on once the if Kingsbury train, you know, hopped yeah. out and then like they immediately he's like, well, all my friends and family are back. And then now they, you don't know who USC is going to get. So you go and really fall in love with this Texas program. But then in the same time, you sort of realize, oh, man, USC, they went and got another version of Kingsbury, Kingsbury. you know, like a they younger got a, version. Exactly. Yeah. You know, out there and all his friends are still there. So I could easily see being tied between the two and then could easily see the uncertainty of tying yourself to a piece of paper that's going to go and then choose where you're going to be stuck at when you're just like a kid that young still. And he also knows that he'd probably be a guy leaving early. So if you are going to have to sit out a year, it's almost better to sit out the front end of a year. If you're going to sit, yeah. And if you end up sitting out a year, ultimately, wouldn't you rather sit it out in California at and home than sit it out here? <laughs> that's where football's taken away from you getting back to Jeff's point. So. I think there's a lot, and I don't think Texas is at fault here because I mean, look what Texas sells when they recruit, and this gets kind of to that you know, Zach Evans uh, story, which I'm sure in the recruiting world is big now. But you know, you, Texas sells Austin, number one city mm-hmm. in the country. They sell the elite degree. They sell you know the football team is a family. Uh, you know, what I mean, they sell that you got to have a, kind of a great all around experience. You know, what I mean, because Austin is so culturally diverse and all these things. So that's what Texas sells to young men. That's what hell even Mac was selling to us back in the mm-hmm. day when he first got here. So I don't think it's their fault that he feels a void of some kind. You know what I mean? Like in their recruiting of him, right. they recruit young men to say, "Hey, now nah, we're gonna go for your balance, man. Not just football. You're gonna come here. You're gonna be. A, you're gonna have a great student athlete career. You're gonna live in a one of the greatest cities in the world. You know what I mean? You're gonna meet different people. It's gonna be diverse. You're gonna mm-hmm. be enlightened. You're gonna be educated. And I, I, I think that's what they offer him. And I think that was part of what drew him here. 
He's got he, the stuff that he's homesick for. I don't know if Texas can solve those issues. No, right. Ultimately, you know what I mean. I, I, to me, and I don't want to get too far down this road because there's topical stuff we need to yeah, talk yeah. about. But it's like any big change in life. Like you know, we've we've all changed jobs, and or, you know, me having a kid. I mean, yeah, there there are times when you haven't slept in thirty some odd hours, and you're sitting up at three in the morning. And you're like. Man, did I make the right decision? Yeah. Like, was this was this really was this really what I wanted? Can I, I don't do know this? that I signed up for this. Yeah. But I mean, it takes time, and maybe you know, with the options Brew McCoy has, maybe he just decided it wasn't he didn't want to take the time to do it. But I, I do think Rod, to your point, with everything Texas sells, the relationship he's got with Drew Maringer, mm-hmm. all that stuff you add it all up. That's why he has it. He didn't just go ahead and go into the portal and exactly. transfer back to USC. That's it why is. it is a tough decision for him. No, but I mean, we are the honestly. I don't know if maybe Miami's up there because it's freaking Miami. Yeah, but it's its other own than, weird level. Yeah, I don't know if there if there is another program in the country that can offer what Texas offers. Because yes, USC is great and it's in Hollywood. But yes, yeah, in Hollywood, so nobody really cares about you there. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, now you're great, you're full right, of right. You're not a superstar there because not in it's the Hollywood. There are superstars and stars everywhere. Yeah, yes. You know what I mean? In Austin, which is now a pop culture mecca of the world, one of them. You know what I mean? Like, you can be the biggest star in in, in athletics here in this city in a place that football is religion. You know what I mean? Ask ask Mount Vernon High School about it. You know what I mean? Like, football is religion here. Exactly. Even sometimes to a detriment. So my point being... Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think there's a reason he hadn't put his name in that portal. I think, like like Ricky Williams said, yeah, you want to be a celebrity, you know, you go to USC, you want to play football, you go to Texas. You know what I mean? Like, right. you go to Texas. And I think he's thinking about it. Like, he's man, sort of both. Like, he's, eh. He is. I, I think he. I think it, it's about his family and his friends on one end. And I think his football decision, I think he likes the Texas still for football. He got, you know, Sam Ellinger and the quarterback. I think he likes the offense. I think family and friends, as we all know, man, those, those are powerful. Yeah, it sounds I, I cheesy. It's, it's like there's one winner in this, Brew McCoy. <laughs> That's very, he, pretty he doesn't much, have a bad option. Pretty much. I, I think, agree with that. I think what you're saying, Rob, that encapsulates, encapsulates what his decision is about. It's not, from everything I've heard, it's not an issue with, Tom Herman's offense or the scheme or how he would be used or playing time or or that part of it. I do know this. I know it's not about any conflict he had with anybody on the team because the sources we've talked to, from the player standpoint, it's almost like, look, if he was planning this, none of those other guys in the locker room knew anything about it. Yeah, he never – yeah, he kept it all to himself if yeah. that was the case. and. So, and he, they, they, it, so I'm assuming even just body language and the way that he's hanging out with guys and they were interacting well, with the team that they nobody even thought he was unhappy, right? Well, I think it's one of those deals that maybe oh like, God. like we said with the coaching staff doing, maybe some of the players are going through and piecing together. That's true. Eh, I mean, maybe that, yeah. maybe that was maybe a red they flag. Never wanted to go hang out with us at the. Yeah, I mean, the but pool it wasn't a deal where there. like they it yeah. was outwardly expressed that he was Good unhappy. Point. And I don't think yeah. I, everybody, as far as I know, from what I was told, he was expected to be back in Austin when. Everybody else was until all this broke that he wasn't going to be back in Austin when when yeah. everybody else was. No, sure. So it wasn't it wasn't an issue with the players. It wasn't an issue week. with any kind of scheme. It's not a, not it's, competition. It's not it's not competition, not and, competition it's, and it's not an issue with the program because <clears throat> excuse me everything that again that we had heard and we were told 
He was doing great in the offseason program. And Sounds like he went back home and a had a freak ton athlete. of fun. Was, of course he's doing great well, in the offseason program. Well, no, Rod, not just from a performance oh, standpoint, being, but from a, a work ethic standpoint yeah, and leadership and all that Leading stuff. Leading by example. Yeah. Good point. Like he, I, the two guys in that freshman class, it was him and, and Jordan Whittington that they bring it every freaking day and, and set the tone. So, yeah, yeah like, it's something deeper. It's something yeah, deeper. so you – something deeper than football. You get and, down yeah. to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about – and not to say that it was a personal relationship that was – severely lacking it's just i think him going back to california being there for two weeks and talking to you know he's buddies with jt daniels yeah. he's buddies with the monroe St. Brown. Well, he's he buddies with most of the guys on that sc team yeah and they're telling him and, and here's the other part and of it and family this is, and friends this is when we get into the the weird the weird rumor part of it and we'll go ahead and address this because this has been put out there like you said right if he's going to sit out why not sit out at home yep and the word starting to circulate is if Clay Helton doesn't have the kind of year that he needs to have to save his job, which I think yeah. we can all agree is he needs to have it's, a great year. Yeah, it's, it's looking like it could be likely. It'd be very likely. That Irvin Myers probably head coach at USC next year. I've heard that. I think everybody's heard that rumor. And so is that in the back of Brewers' mind that you know what? If I can just tough out just this one, just tough out this one semester. Mm-hmm. And get to Urban Meyer and how he would be using that offense or with his buddies and everything else, blah, blah, blah. Because I, I honestly think, of the, and this is no knock on Texas at all, if all things were equal, he would have been at USC and we wouldn't even be having this discussion. No. They had they had something unprecedented happening to them. But like Basically, said, something unprecedented that's never happened in the history of football with Cliff Kingsbury getting fired from Texas Tech, hired by USC, and then within a week or whatever, being mm-hmm. hired as a head coach of an NFL team. Never, ever happened in the history of football. Forced Brew McCoy to go, well, hell, this is Something that's well, never happened I, in no, the history no, of I football. Gotta do, I got I to gotta do something. This is crazy. And then he does something unprecedented. It's an unprecedented chain of events that has, you're right, that's even put us in the, the blessed path yes. <laughs> to be the recipient of a five-star wide receiver. And to maybe have yeah. another unprecedented thing that before the end yeah, of that semester know, he goes all the way back. back. And so, then, yeah, exactly. There's so many, it's such a crazy it's situation. So crazy. And like literally, yeah. we viewed it from this football portal, <laughs> which all these football conversations are definitely something that's probably weighing in, but it could also be simplified as he went back home and had a great time and really enjoyed it and wants to go back there. Like the idea that you have that familiarity in your entire life and he got to go and check out Austin on how he wanted, but just that this is the first time in his life when you're 18 years old and you've decided to go somewhere, he actually gets sort of that second chance to decide if I want to or not, because it was all within this one semester of a spring football. This is really interesting to me, Rod, especially in, in the social media age we live in. And this kind of ties, we won't get, we we might get into the Zach Evans thing. I don't know. You can go to 24-7 Sports and yeah, I know recruiting see is Zach a big Evans story. being we left don't talk out a of, lot of recruiting. being left, Texas being left out of Zach Evans' top five. But it, it's interesting when you look at as much stuff that comes out now and the new cycle that we live in. It's not like transfers were covered even 10 years ago. A lot of the stuff is out in the open. At this point, is it probably easier is a very, very tough label to put on this thing. But is it, air quotes, easier for Brew McCoy after all this is said and done and the dust settles to maybe be in that USC locker room where he's, you know, I say insulated, but he's got friends there. There's a support structure there. No is it easier for him to be in that locker room where maybe he's more forgiven than to be in the Texas locker room where, and I'm not saying this is going to be the sentiment, but 
Rod, you've been in a football locker room. You know how volatile mm-hmm. it can be at times. Maybe there's a couple guys that say, oh, so what, we're not we're not good enough now? Yeah, you want it out? Yeah. No, I agree with you. Maybe the easier thing, the more comfortable thing for him now is to just go ahead and you're yep. already down this road. You've already taken the massive PR. You're there. Hit. Yeah. You're th- physically there. Yeah. yeah. You don't even have to go back. <laughs> no. yeah. You don't even got to deal with that awkward conversation. Mm. Now you can just have them you sing you your sign stuff. sign the paper. <laughs> like, there's no... Like, yeah, so I'm with you, I think, and for a young man, for an 18-year-old man, I mean, I, I you know, and he, he, the hard thing to do would be to have that face-to-face conversation. I'm sure they'll talk or something like that, but... Yeah, I think the easier thing would be just say, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm at USC now. And then now you're a hero coming home. And you're going to, like you said, if you do that, you're going to sit out the 2019 season anyway. Why wouldn't you want to sit it out at home? This is, But the scenario I just laid out, this is why if you're Texas, you still feel like you've got a chance to keep him. Because I go back to his recruitment and when he made the flip from USC, and you can't even call it a flip, when he went from USC Yes, and ended up transferring to Texas. Call that. <laughs> yeah. You know, After a week. Are, are we, I, I feel at 24-7 we've got the best team of West Coast analysts in the recruiting industry between, uh, you know, Blair Angelow, Greg Biggins, Brandon Huffman. All our guys on the West Coast are freaking outstanding. And Greg Biggins has been really close to, to Brew and his family. And he talked about the decision. And we know California high school football is a lot different than mm-hmm. it is in Texas. And I know, you know, Biggins had talked about the comfortable decision for Brew when it came time to pick a high school, weird as it sounds, the comfortable decision would be to go to St. John Bosco, which is where Josh Rosen went. It's a prep powerhouse in the state of California. The comfortable decision would have been just go to Bosco and be dominant and you're still Brew McCoy, all that. The uncomfortable decision was to really get out of your comfort zone, go to modern day, and and be a part of that team. Mm-hmm. And that's why... Biggins and other guys on the West Coast said that's why Texas made sense because SC was the comfortable decision. Yeah. It was the easy decision. Going to Texas was a challenge. You're getting out of this comfortable environment and you're going to Texas where you might have a couple of relationships, but you don't have that support system. Yeah. You know, it's a different group. Of, it's a different type of competition. You know, it's, it's, an, it's an unfamiliar environment, but that's where the challenge is. And maybe Brew McCoy wanted that challenge. If I'm Tom Herman, Drew Merrick, Kevin Washington, even Sam Ellinger, I think that's what you got to remind him of. Like, look, yeah, it would be comfortable to be at SC. And, yes, coming back, yes, there are going to be guys in that locker room that you're going to have to go have that uncomfortable conversation with. But you know what? We've got your back. This is your support system right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might seem like it's not the comfortable decision. We'll make sure it is the comfortable decision for you to be at Texas. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that's – I mean, like I said, there's – there's not not blame that you're throwing around here, but I think there's something that Texas – obviously could have done now in retrospect in that meeting they need to be having the conversation we're having now mm-hmm. yeah before that meeting yeah this is the whole point they need to be having the same one we're having now like okay so what what do you think happened to him is it about family for him what is it about what's his what's the thing that drives him what motivates him does he like the challenge is that what it is does he want to forge his own legacy what is it and you better find out whatever it was and drew Maringer probably has tapped into it better than anybody that's yeah. why he's there, and Sam Ellinger mm-hmm. is the natural leader, and that's why he's there. He's the guy on the team. He's the field general. So, okay, you know your guys, so what is it? And Tom Herman, they got to figure out what drives him, what motivates and him. Because out, if you don't of, tap into that, he's gone. And outside of Yancey McKnight, you're probably going to spend more time with Kevin Washington than maybe anybody else on the staff. Yeah. As so, your player development director. How well do y'all know Brew McCoy is going to be the question, and, and it'll be answered in that meeting. 
How well do you know him? Do you know him really well? You don't. I mean, that's pretty much how. I remember there's a great story about, because um, who's Steph? Steph's with, um, Steph's with Under Armour, right? Yeah. He's with Under Armour. Yeah. He had a meeting, I think, uh, mm-hmm. with a big shoe company. Uh, they they think it's Nike, but then I remember we don't the story. know. Right? Yeah. And they have a presentation for Steph and everything. Was it Nike? Yeah. Um, and they have a presentation for him, and I think they they spell his name wrong. Number one in the mm-hmm. presentation, like they spelled his name wrong. Um, and then he said, and it, he didn't like the presentation overall. And Matt may know the story better than me. But uh, it, number one, he said right there, he was like, "Oh man, they, they, these people don't know me. Yeah. They, they don't. They have the no idea who I am. They're Nike, but they have no idea who I am. They, yeah. they don't. They haven't. St- obviously, they haven't even studied me. They got was, my, uh, uh, still- There were like <laughs> ten players that got the same presentation that he did. The yeah. same one. It wasn't personalized. It wasn't personalized. Okay, there you go. They had just thrown it out there. And he was like, "All right, even though." You know, Nike's the biggest brand, and, you know, I can make, you know, you know, a ton of money with Nike. I'm not going with Nike. They don't know me. And he chose to go with Under Armour, which at the time was a you know, big move, controversial move, and mm-hmm. turned out it was a, a great move for both. This, this recruitment, like that recruitment, will be about how well Texas knows Brew McCoy. And I'll say this is why they have an advantage, because I think they may know them better than the USC staff right now, but the USC players know him very yeah. well. So who's at that? You know what I mean? So for for Texas at that meeting with Brew McCoy, you know, yeah, they got to figure that out. They got because I think he right now is longing for family and friends. Can Texas replicate that? Can they assure him that hey, you will have that bond just like you feel with your friends now? You're gonna have that friends family bond with Texas. I think I'm with you. It ain't about football. I think the football thing for him is. Yeah, I mean, now Graham Harrell being back at USC, I think, helps their argument. But I think Texas has a, fo- a better football argument. Yeah. No question. Because is Graham Harrell going to be there past whenever USC's in the end of their regular yeah, season you, is? Yeah, you have no idea what's going to happen there. Coaching staff, Clay Helton. I know I, I, I like JT Daniels, too, and he's awesome. So, it, you know, they have the JT Daniels argument and him being the his quarterback here, his good friend. So there's that, too. And that's why Sam, you know, it's going to be a, it's, it's gonna be an interesting presentation. Yeah. I mean, I wonder who's gonna who's gonna have the passionate speech. And I mean, who's gonna stand up <laughs> and have the passionate speech? Sam, to brew. It's gonna be Sam. It's gonna be Sam. It's gonna be. I don't Sam know Hurt. if it's gonna work, but Sam is definitely Sam's the guy. one okay. that was Sam's gonna to have. Do it. All right, Sam. I want to. Sam's gotta have the passionate speech. The that that monologue that that convince him. All right, you know what? I'm playing Texas. And they hug it out, and then they leave. It's like, yeah, let's go win a national title. They're gonna have to have a yeah. good one though, because you're, be you're a definite underdog in this situation. You're, you're on the road. You're going there and trying to. Take him like away sp- from mama and his family and friends. Like it's exactly. gonna be very tough. Yeah, agree. Gonna be tough. So let's just talk about. I want to get into. So we've covered really kind of everything leading up to the meeting. We've touched on it. Just the fact that he wasn't back for summer workouts. The waiver didn't get signed. Still hasn't been signed or filed. Uh, you know the the SE stuff has kind of been bubbling up to the surface. And I think after this meeting, one way or the other. Rod, whether he goes, like I said, whether he goes in the portal today, tomorrow, Saturday, whatever, Texas will know coming out of that meeting. Yeah, you'll know where where they're at. Yeah, you know if you got a chance to get that job when you woke out of that interview. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> you may not be able to admit it, but you know. So let's look at this from a pure football standpoint as we get ready to shut this down. Um, Let's say Brew McCoy. Let's take the easy route. If he comes back, oh god, and if he's eligible, and that well, that's another thing I want to know. Yeah, he he may not be. I don't think he's. You know what? 
Okay. Does does this hurt? Does this yes, hurt it does. his uh, his cause for eligibility? But I'll tell you why it won't from a legal standpoint. For the court of public opinion, it hurts. But this is about this is about legality. Mm-hmm. All right, and because it's all about the the way they can legally frame it. That's why lawyers have a better chance at getting those waivers than you just submitting it on your own, because they understand the legal loopholes you gotta you gotta get in. He can always say legally, I was never in the portal. That was always rumor and conjecture. Yeah. That was never confirmed. Nobody else. That's why I think now the smart move for him is don't say a damn thing. Mm-hmm. You let this stuff just rub. Because then you say if you're on the record for anything, then we have a stance either way. Otherwise, you can always say, "Man, I don't know how that rumor got started. I have no, no idea. Don't supply crazy. them with you any potential I mean? evidence. Exactly. Even like you know you what? Once I once I saw the rumor going, I didn't even want to. I didn't want to add to it. I was like, I'm going to ignore it. Hope it goes away. And it, you know, so he can always justify not addressing it by saying, "Thought it was a rumor." As long as he's not in the portal, he goes to the portal. Then you know everything changes. You You're know what I mean? Because you can go into the portal and come back. We know that from Casey Thompson. Well, going into the portal does not mean right. that you are already through the portal. Going mm-hmm. to the portal means I'm thinking about it. I am contemplating leaving. And people, you can now people can recruit me legally. All right, through the the portal uh, protocol or whatever it is. So as long as he don't do that, this is all fake news. He can always say fake news. Go into the portal. It ain't fake news. Or he addresses it via the media. Not fake news. So right now for him, just be quiet. Don't say a damn thing. Because you can always say when you apply for the hardship waiver, that was fake news. I had no intention on leaving. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You know what I mean? You go and in the portal. You, you, you and then you get your waiver, and maybe in fall camp he says, look, I'm going to talk about this once. Exactly. And then we'll be done with it. Boom. There you go. At this point, ah, just fake news. Which, you know, Rod, off topic. I mean, I don't know why more people don't do that whenever you have a situation where athletes or coaches or say, look, We'll talk about this one time. You guys want to ask me anything? Ask away. Let's discuss it now. And then after this, we'll be done with it. I think hmm. politicians should do that more often. <laughs> I would. Magic like, Johnson you got did One out of damn nowhere. time. I will answer the questions. After this, I will not address them. So yeah, you better text time. your friends to get here in the next five minutes. Five minutes you know, you know one, one, athlete, <laughs> one athlete I covered at Texas did that. And I don't know that he got asked about it again. Because I think it media respected. Like, you know okay. who it was? Who was it? It was Jordan Hicks after the Alamo Bowl thing. When he got sent home from the Alamo Bowl. Good for yeah. him. I believe it was the following fall was the first time he was made available. And he starts, look, uh, I just want to address what happened in San Antonio during the bowl trip. One time. Yeah. And he talked about it and said, you know, if you guys want to talk about it, we let's talk about it, something to that effect. And we asked him a couple questions. He answered as truthfully as he could. And I don't think he got asked about it after that until, like, right around pro day time. But they worked for Art Browse. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not here. There's like no, 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 normally, no, no, no. normally, like in those things, like if you, there's no yeah. double jeopardy, so you sort of got to go through the whole. When you had, process, when you had your you chance, Rod, and you took said side. chance and, no, I don't. and didn't I maximize don't. it, then yeah, you yeah, yeah. Sorry to get off path. Yeah. Yeah. But now th- it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. So let's look at it from a football standpoint. If he's back, if he's eligible, all that stuff. Clearly, the same stuff still applies that we've been talking about in terms of a guy that can basically be a plug-and-play guy as best as a freshman can from what you have with Lil' Jordan Humphrey, a guy that he can play really probably any of those. I play slot either, either the outside receiver positions and in the slot. Yeah. You've got a multifaceted weapon. Rod, I, I think as special, I don't say this lightly, as special of an athlete as he is, 
he's got a chance to be have the biggest impact of any true freshman wide receiver Texas has had since Roy Williams. I think he's. I don't know if he's going to put up the numbers Roy did as a true freshman because there's one football to go around, and you've got Colin Johnson needs it, and Keontae Ingram needs it, and we know Kate Brewer's going to be involved, etc. But I think in terms of the presence he can provide, it could be as big as what Roy Williams was for you guys in 2000. Mm, uh, yeah, I could agree with that because mm-hmm. I know that um, I know that Tom Hermans will do, do will do a good job of utilizing him and kind of weaponizing him in different ways, and he would provide it. You know, then you would have like a number of guys who can play different positions uh, within that wide receiving core, which would have been great yeah. uh, if he comes back. Uh, but you know, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think he's a guy that you basically just want to move around as a mismatch, a kind of a matchup horror show for the opposing defense. If they right. got a weak corner out there, he's playing outside this week. You know what I mean? They got a, mm-hmm. they got a weak nickel. Oh, you gonna play inside? He's a, he's that kind of guy, and that's a modern Ramones. Yeah, you just kind of move him around where you need him. If he if he leaves, you're basically in the situation where we were talking about this roster back in December and thinking if little Jordan Humphrey goes pro, you you know you got Colin Johnson at X. You know with Devin Duvernay and John Burke coming back, you're in Brennan Eagles, and you also got Malcolm Epps at X. You know you've got depth at Z. That H position, that slot's really rod where you're going to have to kind of try to, re- to borrow the money ball term, you're going to have to try to recreate Lil Jordan Humphrey in the aggregate. You're going to have to try to get that presence and production I, I think out of you multiple can do guys. It. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's – I'm not concerned about it actually at all. I think you can – between Jordan Whittington, you cross-training him, and I know they'll start that later because now they want him focusing on running back. But I think at one point in his career he's going to end up there playing that H a lot, too, just even in specific packages or whatever it is. Right. You got Jake Smith coming in, who's the ideal H in the pro spread the, for Tom Herman. The fit of the all the guys The perfect fit got, for that, yes. that, that position. And you know what? And I think in other situations, yeah, there. I mean, you just got to try to find one or two other guys that are bodies that can fill in that Josh void. Moore's more your vertical guy. Josh Moore can be, like you said, hey, you're going to piecemeal it for the most part until you can develop Jake Smith and develop kind of Jordan Whittington into being – you know more or uh, well-rounded uh, players in that in that H back role because I I think once you get a lot of running backs in I, I know it sounds crazy Jordan Whittington maybe end up playing both or even switching out sometimes right. there's no way he's gonna stay at running back his entire I'm, career. I'm glad it. you brought that up because there's two no parts way. of this as we get out of here to think about if Brew McCoy leaves this is what we can leave people to kind of marinate on for a while. Number one, go back to something you talked about last year. Does this now with the emergence of Malcolm Epps at X? You've cross-trained Brennan Eagles. You know he can play both. Mm-hmm. You know John Burt's a guy that can probably do both if you need him to. Need and him we to. even saw Devin Duvernay play some X last year. Yeah, he did. You've got enough on the outside that you can say, you know what, based on the matchup, we're going to run Colin Johnson at that H a little bit, depending on the situation. Love it, man. They, they should do it more. I, there are a few times last year where they just put him inside in the slot. And or they put them uh, like at the at the tip of a bunch formation, a bunch triangle. They did in the big go watch the Big Twelve title game last year. They started off the game with Colin Johnson in the slot, and it was it was a beautiful thing. He got wide open on like a uh, it was a deep crossing route, and I think Sam actually missed him on that route. But 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 I agree with you. I think he's a freak, man. I think you just put him in there because. Then they just start freaking out about who the hell is going to cover Colin Johnson in the slot. Let them solve the problem. You just present problems. Let them solve it. If they solve it, good for them. But Colin Johnson in the slot is something you have to figure out because you put a safety on him and put a safety on him deep. Oh, curl route. 
Pretty mm-hmm. easy. Oh, then you have to devote a linebacker under the curl and the safety over the top. Well, that's good numbers. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's it's. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't do it more. I, I thought they should have did it more last year. So you're saying whether Brew comes back or not, that's something. They oh, need you should to be doing that for, anyway. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Because you don't always yeah. want him to have to to get off of a jam on the outside and have to deal with the the double teams and rolling coverage his way. You put him in the slot and then you give him an easy two way go. A guy who's already six six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Matched up prop, not prop most of the time on their second or third best cover man. Come yes, on, man. Right. Not on a corner. Right? And, and here's the other part of this as we get out of here. If Brew McCoy leaves, does this make Tom Herman's offensive staff say, okay, Tavian Feaster just went from being a luxury to a guy that we really need to have to add another weapon to this offense? Oh, the Clemson? Uh, nice transfer not to say you can get him, but yeah. does the effort now to try to go get him, does that get ramped up and saying, look, you bring in Tavian Feaster. Now we can really experiment with Jordan, Jordan Winnington at that age position. I agree with you on that because yeah. that, that's and why you got a spot yeah. to fill. And that's why Jordan Winnington. That's why he's such a valuable piece. Why people are so excited about him because yeah, now if we can't get the depth at the H that you want, hell, let's build depth at the running back, move him back to the H, and then have him playing both. And you know he can play both. And then if something hypothetically, if something were to happen to Feaster or Keontae Ingram, you just slide Jordan Whittington back, and you didn't really lose anything. Come on, man, I love it. I love Jordan Williamson. Number 21, baby. We'll see what happens with all this. should be sorted out here pretty soon. I don't think Longhorn fans will be waiting much longer. But we are out of time. Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 104.9, 1019 AM 1260. Streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com where you can get Rod on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. You can get this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. And thanks to Matt, you can get our archives, classic interviews, classic shows, all on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.